0: This is transistor.fm.
1: Hey, it's time for part two with Jason Calacanis. In this episode, we explore the question every product person needs to answer. Should I bootstrap or should I get investors? a little break to tell you about Shopify. If you're trying to set up an online store, then you really should try Shopify. I've tried setting up dozens of online stores for clients in the past, and there are always so many headaches handling payment gateways, multiple currencies, taxes, shipping rates, and I always had this feeling like if someone else could just solve that problem for me, I would I would pay for that, and that's exactly what Shopify does. I want you to go to product. People.tv slash Shopify, S H O P I F Y, and get a free 14 day free trial. That's productpeople.tv slash Shopify. Just wanted to tell you about my friends at Sprintly. They've been with our show since the beginning and they actually have a new coupon code for you to use, productpeopletv 2013, will give you 10% off your first three months. Basically, their web app is the best way to manage the software development process. It's agile project management that works. Uh, you can start by trying Sprintly for free by going to www.Sprint.ly, and then once you're ready to sign up for uh, an actual account, uh, you can use the code PRODUCTPEOPLETV2013, all one word, lowercase, and get 10% off your first three months. That's an incredible deal. I use this software every day at work and love it. I think you and your team, uh, especially if you're working with three or more people, are going to love it too. So www.sprint.ly and then use the code PRODUCTPEOPLETV2013. I just discovered this company called No Ads. It's K-N-O-W-A-D-S, as in I Know Ads. The hardest part about online advertising that I've found is, is figuring out what works. And what No Ads is, does is it reveals your competitors' campaigns, and it shows you exactly what's working for them. So you get to see their most successful ad copy and ad placement uh, it looks really good. Go to productpeople.tv/ads and sign up for an account at no ads. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Let's get right into the show with Mr. Calicanus. Well, this is then this is a good time to uh, to talk because, like I mentioned, uh, we've covered a lot of mostly bootstrapped. Uh, Founders, people that have uh, started their companies uh, with their own money or uh, not taken outside investment. Why do you think someone would want to get funded as opposed to bootstrapping? Um,
2: uh, so there's been a lot of debate about that. If you can bootstrap, great. Um, and most people do that for a period of time. Some people have to hire developers, have to hire designers, some projects maybe can't be bootstrapped, not all products, you know, if you're making if you're doing something in biotech or a medical device, there's no bootstrapping that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, bootstrapping can take you so far. So I, I think the the balance between bootstrapping and doing a large venture capital round is Angel List and Lean Startup Movement by Eric Reese. So if you look at Eric Reese and the Lean Startup movement and you look at Angel List, that's like the perfect balance like taking those two disciplines, raising a little bit of angel funding and they use second market now to do micro funding amongst accredited investors. So raising $200,000, $500,000 to build the proof of concept out, get market feedback, and prove out that there's product market fit. Then once you have product market fit, then you can ram and jam and increase it. So It's not one or the other, it's in what order? Because anything that does get traction, you're going to need money because if it's got traction, there's no reason not to capture that and take it to the nth degree because if you don't somebody else will. So mm-hmm. if you're Pinterest and you realize, hey, we figured something out here or, or Uber, well if Uber doesn't go into every market somebody else will and in fact Uber now is in whatever 30, 40, 50 markets, it's incredible but they still have people popping up in markets before they get there in some cases. So they're in a race, that, well you can't do that race without capital and if you mm-hmm. want to hire the best people that requires capital. So I think. What we're seeing is the trend is raise less money in the beginning, raise more money when you have product market fit, and investors are really comfortable with that. Okay, yeah, sure, Airbnb, that's a crazy idea. It goes to Y Combinator, gets a little bit of traction, gets a little bit of money. Then the traction becomes real, and it's like, okay, let's ram and jam. Let's raise hundreds of millions of dollars. Dropbox, clearly the model works. Let's ram and jam. Let's Mm -hmm. go hard. And and like
1: ram and jam, you mean like the the purpose of raising the money is to like – Acquire as many customers as you can. Is that the idea? Take, mar- that-
2: take take market share and scale. Yes, those two things. Take market share and scale. Scale okay. like a mofo.
1: Yeah, and I mean the on the other side, there are some great products um, that have grown really fast and have stayed private and have stayed bootstrapped. Uh, Mailchimp, SurveyMonkey, uh, Valve is worth two point five billion and has thirty million users. So it looks like uh, it look, Mailchimp probably has about 2.5 million users. Do you think those are anomalies? Um, what, what is the, or could they have benefited from funding if they'd, if they'd taken funding at some point?
2: Uh, you'll have some like Mailchimp that doesn't take funding. They can be built off of, you know, services revenue. People do that all the time. So, you know, it, it does happen, and it's a great thing when it does because you preserve your equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the, a lot of the things you mentioned might be 10-night, ten 10-year ten overnight successes. You know, you're yeah. like, oh my God, it's an overnight success. It's so obvious. It may have taken them 10 years. They could have taken them five years out of that process. But there's not one way to do this. And so I think the bias people bring to the table is like they think, oh, it has to be venture capital or nothing. It's like the vast majority of businesses are not venture capital funding. The vast right. minority are funded by venture capital. Most don't need it. And there's going to be more and more options. Crowdfunding getting your customers to fund your company, and you see that with the Pebble watch and movies. But what you'll also see is Ouya and Pebble have record-setting uh, Kickstarters, and then they go raise venture capital on top of that. Mm-hmm. And so they've proven that there's a market. They've proven that their product matches that market. And then they said, okay, we're going to get these units out there. We might as well have enough money to take it to the next level. So, And they have a $100 million valuation, and so raising $10 million only dilutes you 10%. That sounds like a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. You know, if i told you i'll give you a million dollars for 10 percent of your podcast right now you'd be like yeah i'll take it <laughs> sure i'll figure out a way to put that to work and so yeah. you know that's I, and i think a lot of times the people who there's, there's for people who haven't been able to raise money and i was that guy for half my career i mm-hmm. wasn't a bankable guy um you know you you kind of lean towards you know self funding and then once you become bankable you might over lean towards
1: funding and the truth is there's a time for both mhm and um do you think there's a change now I'm thinking about guys like Ryan Carson with Treehouse yeah uh, started bootstrapped and mm-hmm. um you know I, I don't know if he quite made it to profit profitability but um he's seems to have a very different way of doing things he, he's thinking he wants to run this company for the long haul he's not looking for an exit he wants to build a profitable company but he has a bunch of investors and um is, do you, are you seeing? I that think more? that's a
2: fad, right? That's a fad right now, is to say like I am going to build this company for the rest of my life, and this is the last company I ever build. And but investors need liquidity. What you're the reason why you can pull this off today is, and why it's actually smart is you have like Meetup.com, where Scott Heiferman says this is my last company, which is fine. But he raised money, right? So what happens is there is a secondary market for shares today, with second market and other places private transactions, and then there's you know big technology firms that will go buy like. WordPress did a big $50 million secondary offering when the original investors got bought out. So this really didn't exist as much as people weren't as bullish on internet companies, but now that it's pretty clear um, that they're going to be great investments in some cases, especially when they hit scale, you have the secondary market. So the secondary market has changed You know that approach, whereas you used to be forced into a sale, forced into uh, an IPO. Now. Not so much, right? I mean a lot of Dell's trying to go private. I mean a lot of people are less enamored with this IPO or the sale. So mm-hmm. completely possible. There's a concept perhaps even that venture capitalists would take dividends, but the truth is they'll just trade their shares to somebody else. I mean if Dropbox started throwing off a billion dollars a year in profit, and they just said, Hey, we looked at the cap table, and this VC firm owns twenty percent, Sequoia owns twenty percent. I don't know if they do or not, but let's say Sequoia owned twenty percent and they paid three million dollars for that if if they said to Sequoia we're going to give you 200 million dollars a year every year for the next 10 years I think Sequoia would be like okay sure we'll take a billion dollars yeah you know every 5 years 2 billion dollars over the next decade for our 3 million dollar return so i i do think that's possible but the lps in those funds like to have a little bit of closure so the more likely scenario is those shares get sold to fidelity or somebody who will just be long them and they might actually take the uh, just you know um you know, a disbursement. But it's generally not how it works.
1: Yeah. the So really the way for the, like for both the investors and the founder to make money in a venture funded startup is an exit. Is that... Is that still the so, yeah, event? but there are different types of exits now, right because there could
2: be a secondary, which is an exit, which just means it's just you're sort of swapping out one investment for another there's an IPO you know th- there's all kinds of different ways for that to happen, and if you take venture money and you're not expecting that inevitability seven ten years down the road, then you shouldn't take venture capital money. you should take a bank loan mm-hmm. or you should invest your own money, yeah, you know, yeah, so you have to you have to pick right like if you take the studio's money to make a movie then you have to understand that they're going to release that film with a happy ending. That's the way it works, right? There's mm-hmm. a happy ending. They're not going to release your film and everybody dies at the end, unless it's yeah. the Game of Thrones or something. Yeah. But the point is they're going to have a happy ending in Hollywood, and you signed up for that. So you know, if you want to make the French independent film where everybody dies and nobody understands the ending, then you go get independent money.
1: Yeah. yeah. You have a lower budget. Now and everybody buys,
2: signs on for less money. But if you want to do the Avengers and everybody wants to get 10, 20, 30 million bucks, fifty million bucks, you know, for the for their Iron Man appearance, then they're going to sell the shit out of that.
1: Now, when you're when you're starting a a funded company, are you thinking that there's two customers? Like you have your customers of the app or whatever, and then like the acquirer is a customer. Like, are you always thinking like we've got to set this company up so that? it would be attractive to a Google or a Facebook or? That's a terrible idea.
2: Um, yeah, trying to trying to build for the sale is a bad idea. What you want to build for is a growing market, customer base that loves you, build for a team that loves to build the product. Like when I did inside.com, I was just pleasantly surprised that a lot of developers are really into the space that we're going to be in. So. I w- it was very easy to find talent because they're like, oh, I love that idea. Oh, I like similar products to what your idea is. Oh, I'm really into that concept. So you want to have a great concept that resonates with you know, the market and that resonates with your team. And if you do that, it will resonate with investors and an acquirer. But you know, building to sell is very dangerous. I've, I've heard that many times. When somebody comes to me for an angel investment, like, this is a perfect acquisition target. It's like... That's not what you lead with. That's a nice thing. Like, yeah. hey, you know, this is something where you could absolutely, if you made a really great app in the map space, like Waze, there are a number of natural buyers for that. Anybody who owns a mobile phone platform or operating system or company, Samsung, HTC, Blackberry, Microsoft, even Facebook, you know, who has mobile aspirations, Apple and Google, all will want to buy Waze. Mm-hmm. That's great but that's not why you build it. You build it because users need to get through traffic more efficiently and there's a better solution that you have.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like you're looking for a growth you're looking for a growth market like that's something that's going to go really fast and and anything that grows fast is going to be attractive to one of those big guys. You've never raised venture capital.
2: No. And so you're fascinated by it, right? And you're fascinated by the exit. Have you ever exited and sold a company to Google or Yahoo or anybody like that? No. Right. So it's naturally fascinating to people, right? Mm -hmm. If you were amongst the people who has raised venture capital or sold one, it would just seem very transactional and natural to you. It's Mm -hmm. understandable that people, when they see Tumblr get bought for a billion dollars or people invest $100 million in Tumblr or whatever, they're just such big numbers that it's hard for people to comprehend. And what I encourage people to do is just drop off three zeros or two or three zeros and then just think about it like a restaurant. If I told you, so we drop off three zeros, that this restaurant got sold for a million dollars and that the restaurant was making, you know, $50,000 a month, you'd be like, okay, it's probably a good deal. Or these people invested hundred, five hundred thousand dollars in this restaurant and they sold it for two million. You'd be like, that's great. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. It's just the numbers are so large that even when I came as a kid out of Brooklyn, I was Absolutely, like you, like oh my God, it's big numbers, and how do you go that big, whatever? And it turns out there's a lot of money in the world. There's trillions of dollars just sitting around, and people are bored, and rich people are getting richer and richer every month. You know, these billionaires, you know, have 50 million or 100 million dollars in profits on their investments, and they're just sitting there like, okay, what do I do with this month's 50 million dollars? Oh, let's buy a big house that's worth 50 million dollars. None of us can understand it, but that's the truth. And when the yeah. stock market is roaring and their investments are roaring and the polarization, through, like it's like, oh yeah, I'll put a ten million dollars into this. I'll put five million dollars into this. Why not? They're bored. Yeah. The market, the money, the money is bored. Money wants to burn. Money wants to be spent. Money does not want to sit in a in a safe. Yeah. Money is intended
1: to be gambled. Put it on black. Spin the wheel. Let's see what happens. Interest. That's a. I've never heard anyone say it like that. Because I think what people think is they think Yahoo bought Tumblr for a billion dollars. It wasn't long ago that Yahoo bought GeoCities for $3.8 billion, and, and GeoCities is effectively worth zero now. And now you're Yeah, thinking, so if somebody
2: opened the pizzeria and it failed because it didn't have enough foot traffic, you would, not everybody would be sitting there like, oh my god, that pizzeria, they spent a million dollars building a pizzeria and it went out of business? They'd be like, yeah, but there's 20 other pizzerias you know, that that person opened that are doing great. So listen it's if McDonald's is opening and closing and Starbucks is opening and closing little outposts everywhere they're big numbers, yes, but these are big businesses and they're big swings. I mean, what if you bought YouTube for one point six billion and now it's worth fifty?
1: Mm-hmm. That's the
2: truth. YouTube's a fifty billion dollar value business right now, yeah. So don't get too
1: caught up in the big numbers, yeah um, let's uh talking about we'll close off with this, I think talking okay. about uh, last product you'll ever build. Uh, yep. you've said that inside.com is the last product you'll ever build. Uh, I, what, think, it, I think it's going to be the last one. Yeah. I well, think because it will carry me for decades because
2: it's such an all encompassing concept that, you know, I, I don't need
1: to do anything else. And what's it about? What is inside.com?
2: October 1st. October 1st. Yeah. Come back in October. I'll tell you. Is that... well, you'll know in October. I'll have you in the beta in September, and people will start to know in September, October.
1: Okay. It, it says you've – Part of launching a great product is not tipping your cards. Okay. It, it says it's it's puts together everything you've done. Is this a, a media product?
2: It is a product that's coming out October 1st, and it will be the last product I ever built.
1: Interesting. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, Jay... And if you want to be in the beta, go to Inside.com and put your email in. Then we're going to email that list and tell them, hey, fill out this survey. And if you fill out the survey, then you'll get to the beta. So, But just sign up at Inside.com if you're interested. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think we uh, have like five or 10,000 people have signed up already for the beta. So when we get to 50,000, we're going to start letting like a couple hundred people in you know, each time.
1: Already. Wow. Well, Jason, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. What, uh, where can people find you? How long you have you been on? doing this show?
0: Uh, this is our
1: – what is this? 30th episode. Hey everybody, this is
2: Jason Calacanis and you are listening to Product People. <laughs> Beautiful. I just
1: cut a promo for you. I love it, Jason. I, I cut love you a it. promo. Well, I really appreciate it. Uh, where can people find you online? At Jason on Twitter. At Jason. This is my email. Jason at inside.com. If you ever want to
2: know like a famous person's email, it's like, if you want to know Evan Williams' email, you know, and he started a company called Twitter or Medium.com, Generally speaking, first name at domain name—it tends to
1: work. Yeah, and yeah. You know
2: if it doesn't because it bounces. Yeah. So don't ask me for Elon Musk's email or Mark Cuban's email. Just figure it out for yourself.
1: <laughs> You're telling people to go figure out their emails right now.
2: Well, I mean, but uh, is that such a revolutionary idea? I mean, people can just delete an email.
1: That's you true. Get all
2: upset about their email addresses. That's just true.
1: Well, I appreciate you answering mine. All right. I'll talk to you. Talk to you soon.
2: This has been great uh, and uh thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. When was the last Canadian podcast you were on?
2: This podcast is out of Canada?
1: Yeah, beautiful
0: British right, Columbia. I my right. <laughs> I, my I don't
2: want to be on any Canadian <laughs> podcast. No, I'm coming I'll be am going to be in Ottawa next week.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. No, I love Canada. I love Canada. All right. Talk beautiful. to you back. Thanks, Jason. I just finished editing the show and I realized that this part 2 is a lot shorter than I thought it was. We're Just under 20 minutes normally. We like our shows to be about 30 minutes. But no fear, next week I interview Noel Talk of Happy Tables and building your app on top of WordPress fame. And uh, that episode will be a full 30 to 40 minutes. Come back next week. If you haven't subscribed already, you can subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher.com, using your favorite podcatcher like Instacast. You can follow me on Twitter at M.I. Justin. You can follow the show on Twitter as well at ProductPeopleTV. TV. Now, if you like the show, please give us a review in iTunes. It's as easy as clicking five stars. I will see you next week with Noel Talk. hey, I couldn't leave you with such a short episode and not give you something a little extra. And so I dug into the embarrassing archives of songs I've written after I've been drunk. And this is what I found. (laughs) ¶¶
0: stay Desk okay, I'm going. And do some real work. and Twitter My my butt's coming up for a night on the town But I'm standing cause I'm too down I just lost 16 followers They
1: So there you go, a drunken song written on a cold Canadian night with my friend Daryl Woodward. If you want to see the animation, the cartoon animation that we made to go along with that drunken song, you can go to productpeople.tv song. Have a great week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm.